2: Welcome to a week-starting episode of the Baseball Insiders. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Fansite, it's MLB Insider Robert Murray. As always, I brought the glasses back on Robert's request. Uh, Should they be in every episode? Chime in in the comments, get the comment section lively and popping, and let us know. If you're with us on the video feed, we're here every Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. If you're an audiophile, imagine glasses on me and listen to the audio feed on every podcast platform. Uh, We love them all. It's everywhere, and we hope you do both. Robert Murray, welcome to the show. As always, we're going to be talking about a couple of injury bummers that helped wreck the weekend, but also putting proper context to a team that cannot be stopped. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday.
0: Wow, good to be here as always. Happy Monday, um, dude! What a what a weekend! What a weekend for baseball! Uh, we gotta love it. Obviously, a burner is going to love this show once again. A lot of race mm-hmm. talk, but um, Adam, I, I just want to say thank you before we start the show for bringing the glasses back just for me. Um, I requested them before the show, and just like an absolute G that Adam is, pulled them up and was like, "Boink!" And here we are. So, how are
2: we doing, Adam? Doing good, yeah. I wasn't going to wear them. I don't know. Uh, It's probably the time in my life when I just start wearing them. For now, (laughs) the calculus is like, oh, am I going out? Am I going to a bar? Am I going to a concert? Uh, Then I'll put them on because I got to look at something long distance. Am I just hanging out with my friends? Then I guess I don't need to see today. But you know what? Honestly, I should probably put them on all the time. Um, Rocking a very normal outfit. For those of you uh, listening on the audio feed, I got glasses now. I got a Miami Marlins City Connect shirt under a golf Q-zip. Um, who dresses like that? Only me when I'm home. Alone. Yeah.
0: Hey, you pull it off. Though. It's a vibe. It's a vibe.
2: It's still a vibe. It's still a vibe. And I can assure everybody that the MLB store right now stocked to the gills with great gear. If you're in New York City, go ahead and grab something. And if you're a Masters fiend, why don't you go ahead and get a golf Q-zip? Um, I'm not judging. I have no issue with you. Uh, congrats to you. Masters champion John Rom. And congrats, of course, to the Tampa Bay Rays. We're now bumped up to the A block. We can't avoid talking about the Rays. I wish we could. No, it's fine. They're dominant. We can talk about them. But they've been in, I think, the first three episodes of the show this, uh, this MLB season because we've been sort of uh, apologizing for leaving them out of the playoff field and our predictions, then trying to assess the first couple of games and saying – Wow. Hot start. Pretty shocking. And now they're the number one story in baseball because they did go out and take care of every single team in their path for the first nine games of the season. 9-0, and not easy. The schedule easy. The team good. Plus 57 run differential, no matter who you're playing, is absurd. These are professional baseball players. They are not janitors. Well, maybe the Oakland A's roster is janitors, but everybody else, those are professional baseball players. Uh, they're the first nine and O team, uh, drew, drew Rasmussen threw a one hitter yesterday again, ho-hum, that just keeps happening. They have, uh, how many home runs? They they have 24 homers in their first nine games of the season. Took them 27 games to get to that number last year. All of these things are extremely good, but they're the first nine and O team in the wild card era since the 2003 Royals. Anybody remember them? a bit of a reality check i mean it sounds insane until you hear that comparison and you're like wait did they even make the playoffs they didn't uh could the 1884 st louis maroons beat this year's astros i don't know but the the rays are in st louis maroons territory winning all these games by four or more winning them all in a row this is all to say this is very very obviously a good team no disputing that but some of it smoke and mirrors how much of it is for us to decide and do they deserve more credit than they're getting Robert Murray or a little less?
0: I think they deserve all the credit that they're getting. Um, I don't know if they deserve more or less, but like I do think that whatever attention they're getting now, which to me has been quite a bit uh, it's deserved their pitching staff entering the season. They thought it had a shot to be really freaking good. Um, they tried to extend multiple guys there ultimately did it with Jeffrey Springs and it's been absolutely just, it's been lights out so far. And Drew Rasmussen, as you said, I don't like, I remember when the, when they acquired Rasmussen from the Brewers, it was Rasmussen and JP FireEyeson for Willie Adamas. Obviously Willie Adamas has turned out to be a superstar in Milwaukee, but FireEyeson when he was healthy, extremely good. Rasmussen when he, um, when he was on the mound, he was very good, too, and the Brewers really, really liked his upside. And they did not want to trade either of those guys, but um, the Rays identified them both as studs. Ultimately, they, they got them both, and the rotation is benefiting for it right now with having, with Ra- or with having Rasmussen. Um, and then it's not just their pitching staff, though. They lead baseball and runs scored at them. I mean, what is it? They have 75 runs. Like, the next closest team is, like, 60. I mean, they're blowing the competition out of the water. How sustainable that is, I don't know, but they have talent all around. Um, they have the ability to churn out relievers left and right. Um, they got—I used the phrase "magic potion" with the Dodgers a couple episodes ago. The Rays definitely got that. Um, It's—I uh, don't know necessarily if they can win that division, um, but I do think. They are a very scary team for whatever team they face in the American League, especially in the postseason.
2: Yeah, I mean, you think about what you're getting in a short series with them already in this, you know, in this regular season. Everybody who has to go into Tampa gets an ace on the other side in every single game you play. It's just true. If you avoid the best, what's the best case scenario? You get Zach Eflin. Oh, congrats! You get Fleming. Like there's there's no easy out in this series. The Yankees are sending Domingo Herman to the mound today in Cleveland against Shane Bieber. And I think most Cleveland fans are probably like, nice, <laughs> we, we got a five starter. But you <laughs> face the Rays, you don't get a single one of those guys. Again, Fleming is, is like the foot off the gas pedal. And the schedule was easy. There's no doubting that. But uh, and also I saw somebody say like, oh, we're just going to discount the Tigers taking two out of three from the Astros. Yeah, we are. The Tigers are bad. But the Rays took that schedule and they stomped on it. Uh, beating the A's 11-0 on a Saturday and a Sunday as the pressure of this streak mounts, that counts for something. It, they've they've not only beaten teams, but they've beaten them by four plus. And I think the most impressive part of that streak is they entered the ninth of one of those games trailing. And they still won it by, by four, 10 to six. Um, I mean, there's something to be said for, you're right, uh, We people are giving them a lot of credit. The conversation changed a little bit over the weekend. And they countered that head on, and they said, "Okay, great, we're going to win two eleven nothing shutouts in a row." As it's starting to get a little bit louder.
0: No, absolutely, and like it, that conversation is only only going to grow louder as this streak continues. And like, I, I'm I'm wondering just how far this is going to actually go because it's just what they've done so far is really impressive. And to me, it's the story that of the early season so far It's just how dominant that they've been. Um, and I know in the rundown here we wanted to talk about exactly should we consider these teams or should we consider the Rays the favorite not to win the AL East mm-hmm. i gave my early thought just a little bit ago right now no um i think it's too early in the season to quite make that change or make that declaration but their their candidacy is legit um they have the roster and they have just like the front office where they can Basically, maximize whatever players that they have. I still think the Yankees are the leader in the clubhouse just because of their roster, their pedigree, um, and I, I think they've earned that right just from what they've done in the division in recent years. And plus, the rotation—I uh, mean, having Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon atop your rotation, pretty good. Nestor Cortez can't forget about him either. Um, also, having a guy like Aaron Judge helps too. But give me the give me the Yankees. I still feel relatively decent about that. But I think if anything that this first week plus has shown, don't discount the Rays because um, they they look every bit of legit. Yeah, that kind of yeah.
2: Every, every the, the Rays legit. the Rays amaze and looking every bit of legit. Um, uh, yeah, don't don't listen to Yankees Facebook at this point. Like you do already, uh, you do already have Yankee fans uh, who are probably fifty five years old. Being like already three games back of the Rays. Don't like it. Need to show more compete from opening day. It's like, I mean, the, the Rays are 9-0 and though. I, I don't think the Yankees have shown you anything yet where they've unveiled a new weakness. Like they they had three tough series to start the year. The, the Giants are, you know, probably a 500-ish team, but they mm-hmm. took care of them pretty easily. The Phillies were your NL champions. They're struggling, but dismiss them. They go on the road to Baltimore. They lose the first one. It's a battle. The bullpens, their bullpen falls apart. The offense, you know, the pitching can pick up the offense. Then they go ahead and win the next two of that series. So, and I think that was probably the most impressive series win so far. Could have really gone off the rails and didn't. The Yankees are six and three as well. And all the holes they have, we knew they had, you know, left field is still like Oswaldo Cabrera. Is it Aaron Hicks? Willie Calhoun's DHing today. Like nobody knows who the Yankees left fielder is, but we already knew that. Uh, they haven't really shown any warts that we didn't expect, uh, so I, I think I'm I'm not gonna you know flip the pick either. I'm confident in the Yankees, but you're right. If you're discounting the Rays, they just gave you nine pretty clear reasons not to do that.
0: No, absolutely, and and discounting the Rays at at this point is just that's being foolish. That's just being stubborn. Um, and hey, we got Yanks going. We must have Thomas watching. Yeah,
2: it's like who? Wow. Who is that? Because it's, it's not me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I will. if it was you, I'd be very impressed from the multitasking. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out here to obviously a burner for saying the arms look big in my Instagram post. What an absolute G that obviously a burner is. Uh, I appreciate you, my friend. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I will say for as good as uh, as good as those two teams in that division look, boy, it's going to be it's going to be a tough time for the Red Sox this year, man. Holy cow. I mean, I'm wondering what this, I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but that Adam Duvall injury, that was the best thing that they had going for him. And now we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. Um, And also Xander Bogarts, comments the other day, I believe it was to Chris Cotillo um, about Boston and his thoughts and like his impressions of their early season and whatnot. Um, He should have never left Boston, man. Oh man. I that's another one I could go on on a long tangent about, but um that's yeah, just really unfortunate. And um obviously the Red Sox now are paying the price for it.
2: Yeah, no better time than now to touch on the Red Sox, too, because that's who gets the Rays. Uh mm-hmm. you know, the Rays are nine and oh. At some point, they will lose a baseball game that makes the Red Sox the overwhelming favorites to deliver them their first loss of the season, no matter how weird things have been in Boston. Four straight if you're if you're checking the Rays schedule. The Red Sox go into Tampa for four starting tonight. Then Tampa goes to Toronto for three. That should be dicey. And then at Cincinnati and you hope they get Nick Lodolo and uh, we, we see uh, the master at work yet again, but uh, it's worth talking about the Red Sox. You're right. Cotillo. I saw him talking to uh, Xander Bogarts and Cotillo. I, whenever I see him, I never know if he's kidding or not. And he said something about mixing up his schedule and accidentally flying into Atlanta Yeah. I thought that was legit. I genuinely thought it was legit. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I I, I know Chris, I've known Chris basically since we were 16 and, uh, I thought, I thought he was serious and I'm like, I I was, I don't know. But anyways, clearly that he, he intended to do that, um, after, uh, further review, but, um, it was a good gift by Chris, especially since I think he was there for a wedding. I want to say I saw him tweet um so good job chris for working while you were supposed to be at a wedding so um only w is for the kids
2: yeah a plus to chris he, he did get me though i was like I don't, I don't really know what's going on here like when he's giving away ice cream to people I'm like is he really giving away ice cream to people and when he tweeted that he messed up his flight i was like could happen kind of an interesting cat but uh the red sox go into this series short-handed uh no pun intended uh I didn't even realize I was making one until I said it out loud. But Adam Duvall, uh, not just a potential uh, all-star, not just a potential team MVP. He has been Boston's uh, best hitter and maybe baseball's best hitter. He was the first player of the week to start the season. You were all over this this offseason. You tried to get the Yankees to sign Adam Duvall. The Yankees said no. The Red Sox said we will take the Yankees' trash, and they have profited He's Steve piercing all over the place. He became the first one war player in baseball on Sunday. But then in the ninth inning of this very forgettable game in Detroit, he dives for a ball to start the inning rolls over the wrist. And it's the same wrist that he had season ending surgery on last year, which I think is the most important part of this whole thing. Um, still waiting on word on the severity, but Bobby Dalbeck is up and hitting in the cage in Tampa. And it seems pretty clear. He's at least going on the I.L., and when you start talking about wrists, that's a power sap, the same wrist that's already been hurt. It's fair to be scared. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the Red Sox potentially staying afloat through a long Duvall absence?
0: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not optimistic. Um, he, the Duvall, he was not just a candidate for comeback player of the year. Like He was a strong candidate for – Early season, I mean, early season, like first week of the season MVP. He was that good. Um, and the fact that the Red Sox, they're going to miss – he's going to be out for some time. Uh, I think that's abundantly clear at this point, um, and that hurts. We're talking about who has been their best offensive player, somebody who provided power, also has a really – like, is a good outfielder. Um, and not having him there, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure how long he's going to be out, but as you said before, the fact that they've already called up Bobby Dahlbeck, um, or they got, I think it is Dahlbeck, right?
2: Yeah, he, he's at least, he showed up today. And so it, it's pretty clear that's the next move.
0: Yeah, the fact that they've, they've called him up um, shows that they're confident that he's going to be out for some time. And the fact that it's also the same wrist as last year, that's a concern to me. Um, and they got to be super careful about this. Duvall has got to be super careful about it because if, if it's a short-term thing and they rush him back, then that could create an even bigger problem. But I was low on the Red Sox, even with Duvall healthy, but without Duvall, Ooh, it, it, it could be a very long season.
2: Yeah. The Duvall was already like, I mean, say what you will about the Red Sox turning over stones and finding unexpected talent. Um, Duvall might have a good year in Boston. He's not going to hit 470 with five homers a week. I think that's safe. So if the Red Sox it, are already, <laughs> hey, I, I I grew up. I knew I knew I would never be able to do that. So I just try to bring down other people who are trying to do it. But um, yeah, you know, once you once those. <laughs> Once those numbers go down, the Red Sox offense looks a little bit less potent in general.
0: Oh, no doubt. And it's like at this point, you got to wonder who's going to be the one to step up? Um, I mean, wh- who do you think for them is the key to step up, Adam? I'm, I'm curious what you think.
2: I'm surprised um, that Kike Hernandez has been so silent since the 2021 postseason. I kind of thought we were watching a Red Sox hero emerge that fall, and he hit you know a home run per game through the DS and CS, and then last year he battled injuries. Uh, this year he comes back, and it's just sort of more inconsistent stuff. So I'm surprised he isn't like every Bostonian's favorite player.
0: Oh yeah, and I'll tell you, when he he was a blast when he was with the Dodgers. I mean, he obviously did like the banana celebration or whatever you want, to, I don't, where he dressed up as a banana. I thought that was freaking awesome. Um, and like he absolutely at that point seemed like he was going to be a hero or a legend in Boston. Um, I, I think for me, the one who I am, uh, I'm curious to see if he steps up is uh, Yoshida. Um, obviously we saw what he looked like in, in the WBC. He looked every bit, the reason why the Red Sox gave up what 90 plus million for him. Um, does he step up? Um, if, if it's not him, then Kike Hernandez is a big one. It's going to be a all-hands-on-deck effort, but for me, the one that I'm watching is Yoshida. I think he's a really important one here.
2: Yeah, and I'm surprised to how much Justin Turner has flown under the radar so far. Um, obviously got knocked out of spring training with that nasty hit to the face. Sort of just blending in. You know, a no-war player so far hitting two twelve. Um, If Justin Turner wants to heat up with the weather like he did last year... That would really help the Red Sox, too. Um, and, and now to bad vibes elsewhere. Um, the team that had culled their good vibes from playing the Red Sox last week, they go into Fenway in what we're calling an easy schedule for Boston, and they sweep them. You got Pirates Mania. We're talking about a blackout before opening day. We're talking about Kutch. He signals, you know, that video of him waving to the fans, his first A.B. back in Pittsburgh. The vibes are incredible Brian Reynolds still not extended. We'll update you all on Thursday. Maybe. Who knows? We'll bring that segment back. <laughs> um, but the the Pirates have incredible vibes, and and O'Neill Cruz ends up in a heap on the ground yesterday. A, a broken ankle, it turns out, on a slide that started a brawl. News dropped like an hour before the show that he, even though he's placed on the 10-day IL, he's going to miss four months, which is dark times. You want to talk about a blackout. You, you also blacked out Pittsburgh's emotions. This one seems just as hard to survive as Duval to me, but I'm curious how you feel about Pittsburgh's vibes and their potential to overcome this.
0: That hurt. That hurt a lot. Um, that O'Neill Cruz injury, it, it sucked. It sucked for the pirates. It sucked for baseball. It sucked for everybody involved. And it's like, there was a, a few things that, that stood out to me when it happened is, immediately how in the heck do the pirates replace o'neil cruz we're talking about an absolute physical specimen at shortstop um who's got the ability to be a 30 for 30 player i know there's even some people who think maybe he could be a 40 for 40 player i mean that's like extremely high praise but it also just shows exactly the kind of player that cruz can be if he maximizes that potential um and the answer is he, i don't think he is replaceable um, they call up Mark Mathias, uh, from AAA. he's somebody that they picked up from the Rangers. Um, I think they either released him or designated him for assignment. I can't remember which one it was. He was productive for the, for the Rangers. Um, and I thought that was like a, a decent side like a decent pickup in the off season, but he's not going to be the kind of guy who can replace O'Neill Cruz at shortstop. And the fact that he's going to return at some point this season, uh, obviously a good thing for the pirates. But I don't think in that situation where you can you can necessarily go out and either add somebody by a trade or I mean obviously free agent signing is going to happen at this point, um, so it kind of handcuffs them in that ability. So I think they're going to have to stay in house, which that's not very inspiring. Um, but I did there was another part of this that stood out to me, and that was Carlos Santana standing up for O'Neill Cruz um, and. The Pirates signed Cruz and a bunch of these veterans this offseason just to have a more veteran presence in the clubhouse and teach the young guys exactly like how to be big leaguers or just how to um, just how to carry themselves day to day. And the fact that Santana did that early on, stood up for the guy, I think that's going to be a really good thing for that locker room. Um, and Santana was already a very popular person in that clubhouse. And I got to imagine that's going to end up being even more of a factor now. Um this is not doomsday for the Pirates by any means. They still have plenty of talent. They have Brian Reynolds, obviously, probably been the best player in baseball at the start of the season. Uh, McCutcheon, that ovation he had, freaking awesome. I loved it. Um, they, they've got pieces on that team. I don't think necessarily, like, they were ever going to win the division this year. I still think, well, I entered the season, I thought they could hover around 500. might be a little bit tougher to do that, but, like, I still think 75 to 79 wins for them. Relatively possible, but um there's no doubt in that O'Neill Cruz injury hurt.
2: That's what we promise on the baseball insiders. We're not gonna ignore the small moves and the teams that are not necessarily in the national spotlight. You're getting pirates talk from us, and and you were all over Carlos Santana all off season long, too, as a potential culture change and an acquisition who could bring about more than just on field performance. And yes, picture perfect example of it yesterday. You're totally right.
0: Bingo. And yeah, it's, um, that's really important for them. And it's, I mean, having guys like Santana, like Andrew McCutcheon, um, I mean, G-Man Choi is also, I spent some time around him in Milwaukee, uh, big fan of him. Um, Rich Hill, Dick Mountain. I know he struggled, um, in his early start so far, but like his presence on that team is a big one, especially for that young staff that they have, um, you can never place too much importance on veterans, especially for a team like the Pirates. And the other day, even though it was unfortunate, it was a big reason why.
2: Exactly. Uh, you need buy-in from the veterans in that case, too. They need to know what they're getting into, right? And so you know you're getting the right guys. If it's a Rich Hill and a Carlos Santana saying, you know, what's the what's the possible peak of this team? 81-82 wins if we max out. But you're helping the next generation of the Pirates become what they're supposed to be. It's also just a huge blow to baseball, who has built this balanced schedule in so that players like O'Neill Cruz on little scene teams can go to every city. You can buy your tickets to see a player who's unlike anybody else. It's like O'Neill Cruz and Mason win. These are the guys with the arms. Like you're gonna go to a pirates game in a city where they don't usually come because you want to see him play at Yankee Stadium. And now, unless it happens to fall just right, you're probably not gonna get that opportunity.
0: No, it's just sad. And I mean, I'll tell you, like, <laughs> he had a home run earlier this season, Cruz specifically, where the ball just it flew off of his bat unlike anything I had ever seen. And the fact that we're not going to see that, especially in, in those big instances, sucks. Um, there's no other way of, of sugarcoating it. There's no other way of putting it. You can't sugarcoat it. Just a bad, bad, bad thing for baseball.
2: Yeah, the force with which he, which he hits some of those home runs, it's like if you plug Javi Baez into a, an electric socket. It's like, Oh, cool. There's another gear. Like I had no idea. Um, that guy's insane. We, we wish him well on his recovery. and speaking of madness and the balanced schedule and the types of teams that the balanced schedule is supposed to bring cool. to the rest of baseball, my favorite series of the weekend, series of the weekend, Blue Jays-Angels, by far, not even close. Um, game ended, the third game of the set ended. It was a 6 nothing game in the middle of innings, in like the sixth inning. The Jays storm back from 6 nothing, take a 10-6 lead. The Angels come back from 10-6 down in the seventh to tie it. They go down two in extras. They somehow end up with the bases loaded. Trout at the plate. He pops out to the catcher. It's dropped. Trout walks. 12-11. Otani up with the bases loaded, two outs. Grounder. Game over. Uh, Jays take that one on the road. But there was a Bo three-run go-ahead homer in the seventh inning of game one. The Angels pull away in the middle game. Clearly, uh, offenses run wild. In the in this uh series, the Angels bullpen and the the Blue Jays bullpen not exactly putting on tuxedos and giving us their best show, but incredible shows uh from both teams and both stars. Um, although, of course, Dalton Varsho won for his last date with just a bunt single is his career over. I don't know. Blue Jays Twitter, why don't you come talk to me? It seems like maybe if we're making judgments from eight at bat sample sizes, maybe we don't necessarily know what we're talking about just yet. But this series showed to me that the Angels might be maybe possibly ready to compete because you got primetime performances from guys like Hunter Renfro and Gio Urshela and Taylor Ward to keep the line moving. Where do you feel like they stand after putting on a show in this series? Sort of the same tiers of Blue Jays or just below? Uh,
0: can I can I start off with a, a betting story to this? This is not my own personal story. This is my roommates. Um, yes. Do you mind? No. Yeah. Early in the morning, he tells me that he he bet the Angels' money line in that game. Um, and I get back to my apartment, and the Angels are up 6 nothing, And he is celebrating in the living room. He's loving life. Um, he's talking about cracking some high news to celebrate. Then he asks me, have you ever seen a team come back from down 6 nothing?" And uh, I'm like, yeah, I've, I've seen that my fair share of times. Yeah. and. Not even, not even 15 minutes later, uh, they were losing. And um, it was just, a and it was an absolute whirlwind to watch that. And then the Alejandro Kirk play happens where he drops the pop out um, behind the catcher. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, bases loaded with Otani up. I mean, at that point, you thought they were going to win. And then he grounds out, the game was over and they lost. Watching that with him was an absolute whirlwind, uh, to say the least. Um but that being said, that game was freaking awesome. Um, I thought that was an absolute blast. The Angels, they are better than they were, let's say, even last year, two years ago. I think they're clearly one of the more improved teams in baseball. Like You look at them, they're 11th in team ERA. They're also 11th in OPS, but they're also fourth in runs. Um, offense is obviously like the key to that team. Um, I'm, well, it's it's been something that they've been very good at. Um, in recent years, I should say, with having Trout and Otani there obviously leading the way. But um, the big question is obviously the rotation so far so good. Um, but uh, I, I, I do think they're more primed to have a shot at the postseason this year. Um, Perry Manassian there did a, a, a nice job this offseason. I still think the Brandon Jury signing flew way under the radar and far more than it should have. Um the the Rendon signing obviously that wasn't Perry by any means but what a disaster that was but anyways going back into positive Angels talk um they are better um they have a shot for the postseason this year I don't necessarily think winning the division is like a feasible idea uh, especially when you have the Astros and the Mariners in that division um but they are improved and I think a wild card berth for them is certainly possible but how about those Blue Jays Adam
2: How about those Blue Jays? Uh, I mean, the stat that sums it up, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and contract year Matt Chapman, uh, who is uh, on as big of a heater as anybody in baseball right now, are the first trio of MLB teammates to each have, each have 16-plus hits over the team's first nine games since, everybody say it with me, everybody knows the answer, Nap Lajouet, Sox, Seabold, and Lave Cross for the 1901 Philadelphia Athletics which is firmly 1884 St. Louis Maroons territory. Um, I don't even know if they kept score in those days. I don't even know if they had errors in 1901. Uh, The leave cross 16 hits might've been all bunts. Who knows? But the Jays have the best offensive trio by a certain metric to start a season in the last 120 years. So that's definitely worth celebrating. And all three of those people are putting up Titanic seasons to begin.
0: No, absolutely. The Matt Chapman start of the season. um, The power of the contract year is is undefeated. I don't know what the hell it is, but a contract year and um, honestly good for him uh, because if he continues this, I mean, I don't know if his numbers so far are relatively sustainable, but like um, he could be making himself a lot of money in what is considered a very weak offensive class uh, in terms of free agency. So um, he could not personally have asked for a better start for himself or are those trio of hitters um really for them.
2: Yeah, if you hate the Blue Jays, aren't you kind of rooting for Matt Chapman to keep hitting 475 so that he prices himself out of Toronto? I don't know. Maybe the Blue Jays don't <laughs> win the World Series this year, but Matt Chapman signs somewhere else, isn't that kind of like your your best-case scenario?
0: I mean, it is. I mean, it also could force the Blue Jays to pay him a lot, and then he goes back to what he's done in the last couple of years. So, I mean, uh, usually I'm a glass half full kind of guy, but I was a glass half empty kind of guy there. That uh, I, I, I gotta, I gotta stop doing that. That's my bad, Adam.
2: <laughs> it's a hey, we're all we're all getting a little cynical. Uh, MLB.com also <laughs> says Matt Chapman's nickname is Hurtado. Have you ever heard that in your life? And if so, what does that mean? Um hurtado h-u-r-t-a-d-o that's what that's what mlb says i i have no idea
0: yeah that if that's an actual nickname that's among the candidates for the worst nicknames in baseball or just sports in general like what in the absolute hell is that
2: we gotta get chavin on the horn it's i'm googling hurtado to see if it's like a term i don't know Um, I mean, if it is MLB.com declared it clean enough to go on the Internet. So, you know what, if it's if it's on Urban Dictionary, it's not my fault. But a Google is revealing absolutely jack shit to me. So who knows? Yeah.
0: And you want to know what that made me think of? This is not like I don't know why this popped in my brain, but it made me think of the absolutely horrific movie Sharknado. Um, Hmm. So I don't know why that popped into my head. But like. Ah, boy, I mean, that's a way to go, Adam. That's all I got to say about that.
2: It it's funny because it made me think about what your roommate was feeling after he bet the Angels money line and they were up six nothing.
0: Yeah, that's that's honestly heartbreak at his finest right there. I, I felt bad for him. Um poor guy. At uh although I, I I talked to him this morning and he seemed like he was he was in much better spirits. So um at least he was able to sleep but sleep that one off, I guess.
2: Yeah. Oh it's a classic Hurtado with like a, a purple nierple <laughs> attached. Um Angels fans, you want to support your team head out next hey, friday
0: yeah wait did you say hurtado and then purple nurple i
2: i did yeah i, I did say those back to back
0: uh, yeah that, i mean that's among the all-time lines of the baseball insiders that could be that's a hell of a sentence right there my guy i mean i'm not knocking it but um because i mean especially since when you first um first joined you said this this is going to be a let's get weird kind of podcast and i think that just epitomizes it so um if i had a hat right now I would, I would tip my cap to you
2: thank you i mean i think what we have to do is get matt chapman on the horn get him to explain the nickname get him to let us license his nickname for a shirt and then put hurtado and the purple nurple on uh a matt chapman shirt.
0: <laughs> What in the world but anyway hey i'm um, matt chapman if you're if you're listening to this um Hit hit us up. Um, we we would love to have you on the show to talk about Hurtado.
2: We really would. Um, before, <laughs> good good God, honestly, I was trying to tell Angels fans if you go to the game next Friday, you can get a Mike Trout BB8 bobblehead. But uh, you know, I, I I apparently stepped on my own toes because I had, I had more to say by accident. Um, before we sign off, I just they, you want to talk classic baseball insiders content. Yeah, this is classic. I, I want to make right. sure. I want to make sure everybody notices Stone Garrett. I don't know if everybody was watching. Hey, was everybody tuned in for Rockies uh Nationals over the weekend? I understand if you weren't, but Stone Garrett out of the d backs farm system. And now on the Nats, the new Joey Manessis? I don't know. But he went seven for 12 with a Homer and five RBI after finally getting a chance for this. I, mean, I, I want to call them the rebuilding Nationals, but are they even rebuilding? Aren't they just kind of existing on this, on a different plane from everybody else? I guess they have a minor league core and they have Abrams and Gore, but I don't even consider them in, in Major League Baseball right now, but they're giving Stone Garrett a chance and he absolutely tore the cover off the ball this weekend.
0: He sure did. And he was somebody, I remember, I, I reported his signing or his uh, call-up last year um, with the Arizona Diamondbacks and I did not know anything about him um, but if, if you looked at his numbers like he had a lot of power in AAA in Arizona and like he's somebody that should have been called up sooner than he was um, got a shot in the majors there um, was a free agent this offseason and he was a surprise signing to a major league contract this year by the Nationals who obviously had plenty of opportunities available throughout that roster And so far, Stone Garrett has been uh, rock solid. Um, Sorry, that was a really poor pun. (laughs) Um, But anyways, um, this last week, this last series rather, um, he's definitely shown his worth. And obviously going seven for 12 is not necessarily sustainable. But that being said, um, if he continues to prove that he's a productive player, He's the kind of guy who the national signed of that cheap major league contract this year that they could then flip at the trade that line to try to add another like decent prospect or um, just flip him and, and try to like as adding a prospect. I think that would end up being a best case scenario for them. But right now he's shown that he could be a useful player at the major league level. And that's everything that they could ask for when they signed him.
2: Yeah, everybody's bench and everybody's lineup midway through the summer could use a guy who hits 580. Uh, And he did hit 28 bombs last year at AAA. Uh, You're 100% right. And that that follows 25. So he found his power stroke in 2021, carried it over, and now we hope to see it continue with the Nats, who might have uncovered a fun gem. Um, Before we sign off, I just want to give you another opportunity. I'm going to give you a minute to gloat on Jordan Walker, uh, your Rookie of the Year pick. Just because uh, Jordan Walker, longest hitting streaks to begin your career, age 20 or younger since 1900. Walker with nine. Ted Williams in 1939 with nine. Maybe you heard of him. Eddie Murphy of the 1912 Philadelphia A's with number uh, 12, 12 hits in a row. Uh, I saw Derek Gould tweet the Eddie Murphy stat, thought it was a typo, thought he meant Murray. He did not. There was a guy named Eddie Murphy who, who eventually, you know, obviously got his break on SNL. Trading places is a classic. He found a he, – he chose a new career path. But Ted Williams and Eddie Murphy, pretty solid uh, compatriots for Jordan Walker to be alongside.
0: That, it does not suck one bit. And he has looked every bit the part of why the Cardinals have been so high on him uh, and why everybody who's done prospect rankings or just followed minor league baseball in general has thought he had superstar potential. He looks um, – oh, I got a phone call. Uh, I'll take that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Um but he he's somebody the Cardinals, they got a lot of trade interest in him. Um and they just refused every inquiry because they did not want to move him. They envisioned him being quote unquote their face of their next era. Um just because he had that kind of ability. He looks like a Giancarlo Stan type physically. Um not saying he's like Stan as a player, but like Physical specimen wise, he looks at, and he's so far, he's proven himself to be a really good major league player. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I was, I'm glad I've been on the Jordan Walker hype for not just this spring, but like the last 18 months. Um, He's making me look smart for now. Um, But it's also cool um, having all these top prospects in the majors at this point, we got Volpe, we got Jordan Walker, uh, we have the Orioles calling up their top prospect. Um, and we also have them also with Adley Rutschman, too, which, I mean, you can't call him a prospect anymore, but, my God, is he look every bit the part of a next superstar. Um, and there's just – there's more players who are going to be coming, and it's only a good thing for baseball. But Jordan Walker, that's a talented group I just mentioned, but Walker could end up being the top guy of that group.
2: Like Eddie Murphy in the 80s, Walker is certified box office. And Adley Rutschman, all he does – Uh, is hit every pitch. He hits every pitch right back where you throw it. It's like you pound him outside two in a row, you try a third, he's hitting it to the opposite field. Um, That dude is a joy to watch. You're right, not totally a prospect anymore, but like 25-year-old megastar still counts. Um, God, he's good. Uh, Well, I'll wrap. Let's wrap it up. Um, This is another, I would call it, extremely successful episode of the Baseball Insiders and only the fourth episode so far to feature the words purple and nurple, and only the second one. (laughs) to feature them consecutively. Um, I'm about ready to get to the ballpark. You got to the ballpark last week on our show, right after our show. You went to Chase Field, watched the Dodgers. I have not gotten to a game yet. I was trying to go to Philly this weekend. Uh, Philly's Reds, just the second home game of the season. I-, I don't even consider the second home game a home opener. Couldn't get in for under 85 bucks. And the get-in price just kept going up. It usually goes down. Nobody wants to sell those tickets. Uh, Philadelphia may be the best. Home baseball crowd right now carrying over that rep from the 2022 playoffs. What's your pick for the best home baseball crowd? I, I don't know, but that I couldn't get into the stadium, so I'm going to pick that one.
0: I was, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Before you said that, I was going to choose Philadelphia because I that last year I got to experience the Phillies crowd uh, for the World Series, and holy crap, dude, that was unlike anything I'd ever experienced as a sports fan, writer, you name it. Um, I thought it was awesome, um, but if do I want to be boring and just follow your lead on that? Or do I go, do I, do I branch off here? Um, this is, this could be a bit of a hot take. Um, I think I'm going to get some heat for this one. So just bear with me, Adam, but what do go with the Dodgers? Um, hmm. I, that is the, probably my favorite stadium to go cover a ball game at. I don't know if it's because of the fans or just the, the stadium in general, I love Dodger Stadium. Um, their in-house entertainment, freaking awesome. Um, especially when you well, I mean, I'll never forget um, going and covering the NLCS years ago in 2018, and having Kenley Jensen just come in from the bullpen with California love just blaring. Um, I guess this might be favorite stadium kind of talk again from my end, but I'll I'll tell you. Uh, Every time I hear the song California love, I think, by God, that's Kenley Jensen's music. Um, And (laughs) goodness me, uh, what a time. Kenley Jensen, uh, Dodgers legend and now uh, Red Sox legend. So um, shout out to Kenley Jensen, I guess.
2: Delivering the stone cold cutter. And I know that uh, they just installed new LED lights at Dodger Stadium, too. I'd like to get back out there. I got to get to the damn ballpark. I think I'm going to Yankee Stadium on Friday. See the Minnesota Twins. Get me a bobblehead. 84 degrees in New York, and that means it's baseball season, T.O. I think um, I know what you're going to say, sadly. Yeah.
0: We have the diagnosis in Adam Duvall. Yeah. His wrist is broken, and the Red Sox do not know if surgery is needed, um, but it is a distal radius fracture for Adam Duvall. That is a huge, huge, huge freaking blow. Um, not good.
2: Center field will reportedly according to chad jennings be a combination of rob refsnyder kike hernandez and rymel tapia kike was already supposed to be the shortstop because xander bogarts is in san diego now so whether he breaks back out or not like i said he might he was already supposed to be in the lineup so it's not like that really helps having him fill that centerfield gap that news is just about as bad as possible
0: yeah that's about that's worst case scenario and I don't know necessarily how long he's going to be out with that, but like, boy, that uh, I, I said it before, and I'll say it again, my outlook on the Red Sox, grim, uh, to say the least.
2: Grim. Grim. Well, whether you're in Boston trying to forget about things or you're in a city with higher expectations, the weather's looking fine. There's no better time than the present to get to the ballpark as long as you can get outdoors. This is the weekend, and there's no better time hit that subscribe button or that like button if you've already subscribed and show some love to us here at the Baseball Insiders. We are here streaming every Monday, Thursday, 3.30 Eastern, and we're doing it enthusiastically. If you missed the live feed, you want to go back and watch. It's on YouTube in the archive for you to enjoy. If you want to listen to the audio feed, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, mash the button on the Baseball Insiders. Subscribe there, too. You'll get it delivered right to your podcast app of choice whenever it goes live right after the show wraps and drop us a five-star review there if you wouldn't mind you could drop a question in the comment you could put anything you want in the review as long as it's five stars i always say four stars if you're trying to be nice with four stars maybe just don't leave a review maybe just uh at me on twitter and say uh adam the nurple stuff was super distracting it was a five-star podcast and you docked it down and i would say great i hear your feedback i understand uh but no need to put that in writing on apple Podcasts. just send it to me we're uh, it to Robert. He could pass it along to me. Uh, but we do appreciate every, all the love. Everybody chime in in the comments uh, on all podcast platforms, on the YouTube channel. The watch hours are rising. The subscribers are rising. Thanks in large part to our producer, Joanne, who does incredible work today and every day. And we are rounding into form. We hope as the season also rounds into form, Robert Murray, uh, you are the man. There is no show without you and uh, another good one, my man.
0: Another great show. Uh, wouldn't have done this, or I couldn't have done this without you, my guy. Um, five star co-host and five star podcast. So uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone for watching. Joanne, as always, our lovely producer. We thank you. Um, what? See you Thursday, everybody.
2: Yeah, I'll be back Thursday. You'll be back Thursday. We'll be ready to roll.
0: Wow, let's make it happen. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. We'll see you on Thursday.